Hi, my name is Ari Balugung and um, I'm happy to be on the podcast today. I'll be discussing my career as an architect, um, also in renewable energy and a loctician, which is a fancy name for a hairdresser. Also, I'll be talking about um, how it feels like caring for a parent who is ill. Are you into big boy? I actually do want to travel around Nigeria. It's just a oh, trip. Got to go. Was I one time I asked a question? The teacher said, "Is it time for questions? <laughs> Can't you wait?" This is the podcast for you. I mean, just a sidebar to Christian. Nobody's getting saved by the fact that you are not getting some. Act of being an adult, grown up, city. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about. I said what I said. The unsolicited opinions podcast starts now. Who was prepared for this? Right, hello all. Hi guys, how you doing today? Fine, because bounce is back. I didn't ask you how you. I didn't actually ask you how you were. I, I don't know if you caught that. Everybody missed it two weeks ago, so I have to make sure. That but you said it last thing. Yes, but when, you know when I said I mean? it, they, they showed joy. I think it's fine. I think it's, <laughs> I actually think it's fine. I think we can give them one off, one no. week on, one week off. No, I don't think you so. Grab. I think it's good to continue to remind them. And the bounce is I, t- I tell you guys that this bounce thing is not important because the one day I acknowledged but see, she forgot about but it. You Can you that? Which tells me that the bounce is a social construct oh, to upset okay, me. That's the whole, that's the entire idea of the bounce. Anyway, I wanted to say something quickly. What do you want to say? Um, a lot of our listeners have, I don't want to say they have problems. No, they do. Some people sent us um, stuff about their love life, love life during lockdown. And what was the whole point to be anonymous? Only for like three people to DM me and say, "Oh, you read my story." I'm I said, screaming. Good. Somebody else now DM me again this morning saying, "Oh, like I'm a bit of a prophet because we we're talking about somebody not getting pregnant for somebody else's voila." That's what happened to her. I said, "So what you messaged me now is to say what?" <laughs> she said, "Yeah, you guys predicted." I said, "This is not a good thing, dear. <laughs> Why did you message me?" Eddie, anyway, shout out to you, sis. I'm very tired this morning. Yeah. I have to be frank. Fake me looks like. Um, Buari has I'm wearing sent her back my, to I'm, the farm. I'm wearing my coat of many. I have one outfit and uh, I wear when I'm trying to brighten up my life. I'm trying to invite. I feel like the outfit is prophetic. Mm. Okay, and when I wear it, it invites what color into my life. That's the that's the general idea. And from here, I'm going to a wicked place. I'm going to visit my wax lady. <laughs> I don't see. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. So if you hear anybody screaming, like in the Koi axis, there's no problem. It's just me cursing this this woman and her profession. Yeah, I have. I was supposed to have get a wax maybe two months ago. Scream. Do you know how afraid I was of her? She was like, I'm on my way. I said, I've been coughing. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've been coughing. Maybe you shouldn't come. She said I have a mask. I said no, don't worry. And this babe doesn't even rate my pain. I have a, I don't have any pain threshold whatsoever. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't have any. So this one, like, oh, your friends that do it, they don't cry. I said, and so, <laughs> are they, are they here? Yeah. No, she's crazy. Yeah. So I'm not looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I have to thread my eyebrows as well. I'm actually a muse in a photo shoot tomorrow. So who, who, who is using you as a muse? Jerry. Nah, I'm not taking this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not taking this. I'm actually a muse. Uh, so you're going to see my media updated shortly as oh, an inspiration. Okay. We're never going to hear the end of uh, this. Of course not. Oh, because this is my life's work, really, to inspire others. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to inspire others. And I'm glad that somebody has found... I told that Annie. 
nonsense guy that you should come and use me for music. Can you see your life now? <laughs> anyway, no problem. You fooled me. Um, so what has happened recently in the news? But Harry said we should all go back to the farms. Okay, yeah, he, he you guys. Say we should go back to the farms. He implied it. He said like there are... No, he didn't imply it. No, he said he said there are millions of able-bodied. You know, when, whenever an, an older a person over the age of sixty says able-bodied, they want to send you on an errand. Yes. it's never a good thing. Yes. it's never like a compliment. Like, oh, you look able-bodied in that dress. It's just always like, you, oh, you're an able-bodied. Carry that bed upstairs. <laughs> Carry that this. bed upstairs. What he said, you anyway. The thing about this is uh, that's why I was saying yesterday that unfortunately these kind of things they don't really concern me because I'm actually not Nigerian, okay, and so for me. Is it relevant? Absolutely not. But you guys, they said that you should carry cutlass. They he said that there are millions of young, able-bodied, able-bodied young Nigerians. Um, he has to the farm, like the farm is the answer. Yes. Bro, I don't remember any of us asking you any questions. Agriculture is the answer. Agriculture is the answer. All of you, forget these leaders of tomorrow. You guys say <laughs> Forget it. You guys should go and, Get that go hoe. and plant tomato. That is what... <laughs> you guys should be doing. Yeah. And I and I see it. I see you now. I can see you on the farm. Yeah, a goat. No, I definitely see you. It I can, can fit see you on the farm. Not me. No, 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 no. Piglet no. like you, I can Let's see say, you on the farm. Let's say 100% it can fit you. I know the kind of things you can be farming. <laughs> Livestock, poultry. It can fit. I'm telling you, it can really fit you. Do you know why? Because somebody, actually, somebody actually like came to me with the proposal. He was like... What do you think about us running a farm together? I said there's a lot. There's a lot of romance in this world. There's a lot. <sighs> Me and you chasing chickens it is not my idea of it, a good time. And if you see, it. and if you see the way Nigeria, and you know Nigerian farmers, they are all crazy. Like somebody, I saw a video of this guy, right? I think mm. he runs a poultry. And so in the morning, he opens, like, the barn and yeah. the chickens come out. And he's shouting, the last person will not eat. <laughs> <laughs> the last person will run, run, <laughs> run, run. Listen. And I think that the chickens actually take him of seriously. Of course they do. The way you are moving with Vim. <laughs> of course they do. Anyway, you guys, that honestly, you know what? I saw a lot of people, and this is my problem with you intellectuals. This is my problem. My problem with you people that say you went to school, just, 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 just talking, talking. How can agriculture be the answer? No, he's absolutely correct. Oh my God. Yes, he's absolutely correct because what have you people been doing? Look at it now in this lockdown period. You've been having sex. You've been watching Big Brother. You're not productive to the to the. You're not product. What have you contributed to the GDP of this country? Zero. But had it been you were on the farm, mm. at least you say, okay, I planted. Yeah, if you can, you should be. You should be a spokesperson. I planted yam. You know, I I raised some chicken. I did rice farming and so on and so forth. But and that's my problem. When you just writing thread down this one, this one, this one. Look at it. You now. know what? Fair enough. Look at it. Fair uh-huh. enough. I know. I support him. I support him. In fact, completely. All you Nigerians, you people should start lining up, <laughs> ma- start matching, yeah. enter the farm. Hmm. That's it. And to be fair, I've been looking for a lot of things. I want to be buying, you know, rocket. Um, or what do we call it here? Or, what do we call rockets everything, in this country? Everything in that there's family a, is called green. I'm screaming. There's a name. <laughs> there's something we call rocket that is not rocket. You don't have to be buying basil. Just, you know, local farm to table. You mean scent leaf? Don't. Could you not? Uh, is that not what it's called? Could you not? That's okay. what they call it. Don't go you to know, any market I'm and ask for buying basil. cherry tomatoes. Um, you mean you know, just Okay. Look, I'm just trying to help you, Faye Kemi. I don't want and you to get so robbed. And so for me, it seems absolutely um, 
vital plausible that this is the plan mm. i think it's very good <laughs> <laughs> no i do and then the second thing for me also is what i'm you see you people don't have foresight and that's my second problem with Wonderful. you guys because if you had foresight like me now what you guys are started doing is i started positioning myself so that when this thing doesn't click because that's obviously what's gonna happen then they'll say that four people should start importing fertilizer and and cherry tomatoes I've already set up my company now. What like that top, top, suya. Top, top, suya. <laughs> That's it. I've already set up my company. It's not important what the name is. I've already positioned myself as the next best thing in a potty. So that when this thing falls apart... Hmm? The, last time, the last time somebody said that you know, millions of people should go back to the farm. His name was Mao Zedong, I believe. I'm screaming. In yeah. The People's Republic of um, China. <laughs> <laughs> and that experiment did not end well at it all. It did not look at it all. did not. It did not. Somebody said But you know what? Someone said the last time they sent this many black people to the farm was slavery. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Fair enough. Fair, absolutely. Can you imagine? After I mean, you've been you've been doing the, your school has been on strike this one down. You now graduate as a medical student, only for you to go and be studying now to raise corn. <laughs> God. Yeah, so that was what has happened recently. My babe has left the ha- the big brother house. Yeah, it seems. Do you know what's so funny? Shame is that after this babe left, I don't see big brother like that on my timeline. Hey, okay, Kemi, let me tell you something. I I I went, like I went to check what they were, I went to check what they are doing there. They are playing Ayo every day. What? No, do you know to be quite frank, she's a, she's actually like so. You know, it was a running thing. Like her fans used to call her Star Galerica, like just because yeah. they liked her. But she was actually a lot of fun. I think that and, I, I mean, just from my own observation, Sha, the is is that I can actually see Road on my timeline now for, <laughs> for, for the first time because I mean, everyone was watching it like in the middle of yeah, the day. a lot of people liked her. Yeah, they really really liked her. And so, now that she's gone, I feel like there's I don't I don't know if there's less drop, but it just seems like. There's not that much yeah. going on. Serica was the queen of content. I remember a thing she Is that did. what happened? Or is it that maybe all the people I follow like Erica and then I don't That's what I'm saying. That. So, the, so they're just like, okay, if Erica is not there, what are we watching yep. then? What are we watching? There was a time, and you know, her own content was crazy. Like, yeah. I just, she used to do those stupid things. Like, when she was head of house, she told all the housemates to turn and keep quiet. I'm screaming. Her and kid were not having fun. <laughs> we're talking. Going I said, oh, I won't date you. But yeah, she was lovely. I really, really. I just enjoyed her. Yeah. I enjoyed her um, presence. And I really hope she has a good career outside and stays away from Gordon's. Yeah. You know? I think she Dry will. Dry Barely think, ever ends I think well. she's being set up to be to be an it's girl, for sure. I mean, she, she was already acting and stuff. So it wasn't and modeling Where and stuff. Where did she act? It wasn't... No, she, she watched his name movie. Not a great movie. Have you seen it? But it was on Netflix. That's what I'm telling you. Like, it's not great. Okay, did you watch it? I started. And Is that's what it? matters. That's what okay. matters. Is it? In, in terms of support, don't worry. We're coming, okay? Team Erica, we, we're working on her. Yeah, Her don't career worry. is about to be... Anyway, me, I, I like know. it. And then, I, you know, people have started... I, what I love, actually, is that somebody did go fund me for this babe. I love that. There's nothing I yeah, love... Yeah, because when you get disqualified, you lose all the money, you lose go, everything. There's nothing I love more than people gathering their coins. And I can see the anger is bringing out in, yeah. in the others. And I also <laughs> love that. I, I absolutely love everything about it. Yeah. Guys. If I do a GoFundMe, I hope you guys donate. If you come I'll report that GoFundMe for fraud. You, what, I, I promise you I don't get that I will, why and people, I will call okay, personally. What makes you think people don't want to support me? 
they have a, if they are, if they want to support you, I'm helping them because what they lack. Makes you they think lack. They don't want to support me. No, I start, I'm telling you that even if they want to, I want to help I them. Influence them. Mm. Well, I don't get. Mm. I'm also a star girl. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, don't worry, you guys. When I put up my... I won't even tell you. Don't worry. It'll be a private thing for fans only. I'll find it. Forget this Jola, babe. I'll she's find not, it. She's not part. And I'll report. EFCC will part. come knocking on your door. <laughs> she's not part. And I'll put all your aliases there so they'll be sure I'm if you picture. Anyway, that's what's been happening in the land. Uh, what else is going on? I don't know. Not much. Like I feel like half of America is on fire. I don't even... Do you know what? I'm divesting myself from American issues. I've just been seeing a lot of orange pictures. Well, we are orange here too. I don't... I, I can't lie to you. I'm tired of America's problems. Both they are spiritual. It's true, Shabu. They are government. the whole oh. world gets dragged in. Fake me. We have somebody that's threatening is. to drag us back to the... America is fine. America is honestly fine. Uh, this you, morning, my car entered... Have you ever, like... Have you ever heard your car do something and just increase the volume? I don't think any American is going through that. That's no. These are these are the things. These are today. They wanted to buy um, pounds to put in my British account. Why? Just to be able to pay for Netflix. When I heard what the man was saying, I started shouting at him. American problems are really not. They think they have the truth about American problems is is like they are like last born problems. Yeah, it's, it's like not, oh, it's not realistic. It's, it's like oh, why are you crying? Everything is okay. Yeah, mommy said she wash not... plates. Oh, oh, fair enough. Do you understand? Like, I, I can see why this is a... American issues are honestly last... In the, in the hierarchy of the world, when you think of the kind of things America is crying about, the rest of us, what should we do? Should we die? Should we be dead by now? So, honestly, I think time, everybody should... So I think everybody should... I think to your tense of Israel is very, very apt. I'm screaming. <laughs> it's a very apt scene. As I'm at this absolutely screaming. So, yeah, that's about that. On that, what else is happening? I don't think there is. There isn't much happening. Um, I don't think there is. But yes, today we have a guest who has been very, very quiet. I don't think she's used to this kind of insanity fake. I mean, I've warned you about your behavior several times. Okay, Jola, the thing is, she met you first. Um, when I came here, she already looked frightened. This is also, I've told you before, you also have a terrible attitude. Frightened. I'm trying to correct you. I'm trying to help you. Deeply. I, let me tell you the thing. You guys, I have great vibes. I'm sure you can, you can engage you, you by now. You take feedback. When you listen to this podcast, mm, what do you think? Jola is mad. And FK has great vibes. That's it. You That's have, what... Look Look at the comments, I'm trying to help dear. you with feedback. You have a problem taking feedback. I want you to me. keep it. And we've been Take friends... We've been friends long enough... I, said, I want you that to You should keep... know that I have, uh, on some days, your best interest at heart. When is that? <laughs> <laughs> on some days, I have your best interest at heart. So, anyway, today we have the amazing Ade with us. Um, we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff that's really, yes, really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to let her introduce herself before we get into the conversation. Yeah, hi. It's actually really my first time on your podcast, so maybe that's why I've been quiet. Um, my name is Ade Balogun. Like Jola said, I like to call myself an architect. I've not practiced in a bit. Um, I'm also a hairdresser or a loctician. That's a fancy way of saying it. <laughs> I do dada, um, mm-hmm. natural one. And then I also do work in the renewable energy space. I think mm. that kind of sums me up right now. Nice. And I like to run. You see vibes. When we're talking about good vibes, we can be easy to be different. First of all, you don't even know me like that. That's actually the truth. So you don't even know the things After I'm up to. After 16 years. You don't know what I'm up to. That's the fact. And you know, this is my problem. People, they just assume okay. things. They good. don't know. You know? 
if I say all the things that I'm up to, that we, you see, I've said everything so succinctly. We won't have time. Oh, we won't have time, and that's the fact. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's the fact. Okay, so from architecture to renewable energy and hair, like, how did that? Yeah, how was the journey there? Uh, there's even a missing part of that journey. Okay, I'm happy to tell you all of it. So I did practice, well, I studied architecture of my own volition. That's what mm. they call it, right? My parents, my mom wanted me to do business admin. Her idea was that you finish school four years, we get you a job, you'll be all right. Yeah. My father wanted me to be a doctor. And for some reason, my technical drawing teacher, intro tech teacher in GS3, I solved one um in, inserted a circle in a polygon rightly on the board and he told me i was going to be a good architect oh, and wow. i was deceived and I, <laughs> I, I just remember that I, I remember one of my intro tech teachers and one time the man came and saw what i was doing and he didn't even say he just said ayaye and sighed from within his soul you know when the sigh is just like God and I've been serving you and this is the kind of student you bring for me. Why is that introject teacher they lack joy? <laughs> but yeah, this, they... this this one did well though because I think um it was because of him I ended up studying oh, really? architecture. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Now my introject no teacher he didn't have joy. <laughs> he didn't there was something happening in his life. That guy was not happy at all. He was he was not happy. And I wanted to make sure that all the because the it. last time I had an intro teacher I was twelve years. I wanted to make sure that all the twelve year olds he knew were yep. happy with him. That's it. <laughs> that I've never seen anything like that. The guy hated life <laughs> and the fact that we were there. He just seemed irritated. That what the hell is this that I'm doing oh. with you people? Unfortunately, I can't remember Mr. Coyote's last name, but Mr. Coyote, hey, he kind of did okay. Scream. <laughs> mm, so that's good. Yeah. So um, I. Studied and um, graduated and practiced for three years. Okay. How was that? It was good. It was very time consuming and money was very small, to be honest. Scream. <laughs> so, um, but it was really good experience. Um, I kind of was on site, in the office, designing, and I was lucky enough to like, I'm an actual architect. I can point yeah. out buildings and say, that's my building. Yeah. So that kind of really, really did help. But Three years in, I was thinking, hmm, how am I going to survive? And how am I really going to be able to buy a car and like pay my rent yeah. without, you know, leaning on my parents? And I felt like I could do something else. I was young, um, stupid, and I thought that I had the whole world in front of my whole life ahead of me. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> which was good. It was good. It's good to be young and stupid uh, because I think that's when you t- make all sort of choices that mm. kind of lead you where I don't you know what that says be. about me now because i'm still making some choices like uh, incred- we're still young we're still young incredibly hey, still somehow so i mean what they call mid-20s <laughs> it's, it's called quarter Plus. to late shit, i can't lie <laughs> and so um that kind of led me into e-commerce which was mm. hot at the time what were you and selling no i i did work for dilde for six months oh, okay and nice then Potted to Conga, mm. and so okay. I was one of the first dan- founding staff at Conga, nice. and then I worked at Conga for three more mm. years, and before I was like, okay, um, I think I want to do something else. I think I, I thought at the time I was going to go back to architecture, but I left Conga. I didn't really have a plan, mm. and I had started a blog writing about my hair, which had been locked for about four years at mm. the time. Nobody called me to build houses, but people kept calling me to ask about my hair. Mm. So that kind of said, okay, since um, 
people are interested like where's your salon and I used to feel so insulted I'm an architect like <laughs> seriously <laughs> I don't do hair but people wanted to know what I did how I did my hair what I did with it did you do it yourself I started doing my hair myself mm. when I started the blog. So I was writing about doing my own yeah. hair myself and the stuff I was finding out. And then, so the what what inspired the blog was that the Oibo blogs, you know, they were telling you things like, oh, use rose water in your hair, use um, stuff that you never know where to find. Yeah. So I kind of was looking to break it down into the things that were around yeah. me. So I was saying things like Ori, my blog, and things like that. And then people started asking questions and people were interested. And that's how I became a legit loctician which is another fancy name for hairdresser that does dada i mean i like it i like loctician i like it a lot actually it sounds a lot it sounds a lot fancier than than hairdresser or no even an architect is gone if you don't know what it means you can be confused yeah loctician sounds like something very specific yeah yeah so So to be a, a legit loctician is there anything you have to do or you can just um first um i went to the university of youtube screaming <laughs> absolutely screaming and that's why i learned most of the stuff i didn't know i did one training in the u.s about three years ago mm. but that wasn't to be a loctician but it was really about looking learning seeing what you're doing in other people's hair as well because right. doing your own hair is different from extending the service to other people and we're like all different and it's paying attention so I really do feel like everything kind of came into place. So my time as an architect helps me do really nice hairstyles, which mm. people are attracted to. So that's the first, like, oh, I didn't know I could do this with my yeah. locks. And then people are attracted to the business. So that helped. My time in e-commerce kind of helped me to place the business on the internet yeah. and at least be able to get people to know who I was. And um, so far, so good. It has been interesting because when I started, people were like, hmm, you mean you want to do dada? Like, how many people even have dada, first of all? Like, what's going on with you? Are your parents aware of what you're trying to do? I think you should just go and sell wigs and do weave on. And, and do wash and set. Yeah. Because you're never going to survive on this. But right now, I'm really proud because not only do we have customers coming through the door and more people right now actually are interested in locking their hair but we've also gotten some international recognition from oh, wow. the business and um i was surprised in 2019 when i was listed as one of hundreds um, nigeria's inspiring women i was like wow would this have happened if i was still practicing yeah so it's all come mm. together really well and, coinc- and i didn't plan it coincidentally but it's worked out and i'm proud of all my choices so far i actually do see that a lot so i know a lot more people who have locks than kind of ever before it wasn't something i noticed before but now i see more people like trying it and mm-hmm. talking especially people who have gone maybe back to natural and they're kind of starting over yeah um super interesting so i have a theory mm. that everybody every one of us should actually have locked hair you don't say <laughs> <laughs> of course you have this theory you guys let me learn now uh, oh yeah uh, wait as Africans, mm, uh-huh. if you want your hair to grow long and be able to take care of it properly, you just leave it alone. And when you leave it alone, it locks. This was what, you know, was intended for us by I'm the universe. Screaming. So she's every other looking. thing... Of course she's not. <laughs> it's too much. So just lock your hair. Enjoy the freedom. It is how we were intended to be. 
Uh-huh. But the the funny thing is that the people who I know have locks, they have to like it's also high maintenance. No, we're not high maintenance, but you have to like maintain it. Yeah, you have to buff now. No, no. Uh, you have to, you have to <laughs> do know. one or two things so that to make sure that your your hair doesn't look a hot mess. So no, it depends on what you want, right? Hmm. Okay. Yes. It depends on what you want. There are different types of locks. Right. And all types of locks are beautiful. I think society has kind of made us see things a bit differently. So when I did start my locks, um, 10 years ago now, people were more like, hmm, are you sure? Don't you have money to do your hair? What's wrong with you? Mm. My mom literally told me, why do you want to look like a mad person? Wow. But that's because everybody around us at the time or before in the 90s, when you thought about somebody who was locked, it was a mad person on the side of the street. It was um, uh, uh, an artist who kind yeah. of believed in Rastafarian culture. You know, so it were things like you were not seeing the architect with locks. So it's beginning to change. And, um, you know, it's just perception. All types of locks are beautiful. Even the ones you decide to, for Mali type, yeah. matted hair. So once you're able to change your perception, yeah, you kind of get it. Is different. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I, I see locks in your future. Me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Z, trust me. <laughs> the thing is, I've never really, I've just never thought about it, actually. And I think that some, I like sometimes being just like the versatility of, okay, I can comb my hair today. I can put it in braids tomorrow. I can do that. But I feel like once you lock your hair, you've locked. I mean, not that you can't go back, but then you've locked your hair. Do you know what I mean? So it's a little bit less versatile. Um, Okay, I get what you mean. Yeah. Completely. But I don't agree with you. Okay. So first, my hair looks absolutely different from how it looked 10 years ago. Yeah. It's a different hairstyle. So when people say it's so permanent, the thing is, yes, it's sort of permanent, but I've had like so many looks in the last 10 years. That's what I mean. Obviously, you can style style your hair and And, such. And... I would be the last person to say this publicly, but I'm going to say it. But the truth is, if you have locks, you can still wear a wig if you want. And you can still braid your locks if you want. Fair. So you can still do a ton of stuff. It's just like, once you open your mind to it, you can get your locks to be curly if you want. Fair, you know, fair. So. You guys, go and get locks. <laughs> Jala, go and lock your hair. So how did we move to renewable energy? Ah, all right. So I went from being really a broke-ass um <laughs> loctician uh, because in the beginning it was tough i wouldn't lie to you mm. I, I would not lie because nobody knew who i was and really how many people did have locks and how mm. could that be um the foundation of my of my business but i was adamant and i was like i don't know anything else I, this is what i want to do mm. and um from having one um, employee, we kind of grew to six. And then I realized very quickly that I didn't have to be as hands-on on the job as I used to be in the beginning when when we started. And I had more time on my hands. So sometimes you go into the salon and there's six people, mm-hmm. you know, working with me. And um, I, I have stuff I can... I have time to yeah. do o- other to. stuff. So... Um, Renewable energy, my friend was applying for a grant and he had a day job. So I had this free time. So I was helping out because I'm like, yeah, I'm still a professional. I'm still trained. I still know how to type a letter. I still know how to use a computer, (laughs) you know, and I have all this experience from architecture and my time in e-commerce. And I was beginning to feel like there's a lot more I can do, even though locks are fantastic. So I helped out with the grant application and 
we won the grant. Mm. So at that point, I kind of had to make a decision. Do you want to be part of this business or not? Yeah. And um, I think in my career so far, I've always been passionate about making an impact. Mm. And I felt like, okay, this is an opportunity to make an impact, even though it's a field I'm not necessarily a master. Yeah. But I kind of, I'm an architect. I do understand power. I took a few courses of electricity in school. Um, I understand business, having grown my own business. And so that's how I kind of got into renewable energy space. And so far, so good. It has been an interesting two years. Oh, wow. So (laughs) is it just solar that you guys focus on? Okay, so our business is actually very interesting. It's called an iCabbing. It's solar. But when you say solar in a Nigerian mm-hmm. context, everybody thinks about the panels on your roof yeah. and batteries in your house, and mm-hmm, then you mm-hmm. get it. But our business is aimed at the really low-income people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. eventually the most rural parts of Nigeria right. where there's absolutely no access to grid power. Mm-hmm. So how it works is that we do have kiosks. Yeah. Those kiosks have solar panels where we generate energy the energy is now transformed or is transferred into a portable lithium ion battery which weighs about one kg we call that an IPAC. Do you already understand this stuff? Because as an engineer, <laughs> I understand. But you, you may not understand. As a graduate, I understand. Thank you, know, you, so, thank you, you so much. I just wanted to do <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much you. for your, in case for you your stru- concern. In case you are struggling with the science. Yeah, I go to IPAC. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> so the IPAC is a, a battery. Mm-hmm. And that battery... Um, a user, a customer can take away that battery yeah. and it can give them power for up to 50 hours before they come back to recharge yeah. it. So the battery can help you like lights, power a light bulb, you can charge your phone, yeah. very small electrical devices. Mm-hmm. But if you think about solar energy, the way we understand it right now, it's still very expensive. You kind of have to be privileged to enjoy yes, that sort of yeah. um, um, electrical service to mm-hmm. subsidize what you currently have. So our business is targeted towards bringing clean energy to the bottom of the pyramid mm-hmm. and at an affordable cost. Mm-hmm. So right now for about 3000 naira a month, you actually have like access to having almost up to 24 hours power in your house where you mm. take our battery with you yeah. and then you can afford it. You can even use it to start a small business. Mm-hmm. So with, a, with an iPack, uh, an individual can rent it and then use it to charge phones in his neighborhood and charge for that service. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. way you become like a small business owner yeah. yourself. So the opportunities are endless. The business is still very new. Mm-hmm. And we're literally at this point running a pilot. We have two kiosks, one in Ikurudu and one in Asaba. And we're like getting our engineering right and hoping to scale in the near future. Oh, that sounds nice. really interesting. That's yeah. very sounds cool. Good. Yeah, and I does. understood because I am a graduate. Um, <laughs> you do know the thing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, and she thinks some of these things are tough technically for the mm. average, the layman. Yeah, for the non-engineers. For the layman like mm. you now uh-huh, to understand. So that's it. Sometimes just have to break things. I just wanted to check if you are following. You are the yeah. one that is late. You know, <laughs> it's you that is late. You know. You know, sometimes I'm in a class, complex woman. Uh, you can gauge when some people are not following. So I don't look at her and say, This girl is struggling with this concept. Yeah. No, she was concentrating. Yeah, Thank well, you. She's like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm just. Let you, me tell you, I'm going to start talking about lithium batteries in my everyday conversation. I, I, too, I care about impact. So I'm just concerned that everyone is carried along, no, yeah, including so Jola. So that's. That's all. That's all I really wanted. See, for the benefit of the of the listeners, everybody has, everybody has learned something. <laughs> anyway, fantastic. Yeah,
Eh? You're annoying. I okay. Look, just you know, you don't have to take it. Adi, so I want personally. to apologize on her behalf. Normally, she's exactly she better behaved. So personally, Adi, I just, I just—is it bad to ask somebody? <laughs> hey, are you doing okay? Is that not what they said we should be checking? Do you know? You, do, do you know how you're behaving? Like brandy during that during that versus. <laughs> That's how you're behaving. I <laughs> just like she's about to beat me up. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Okay. So um, that was really really interesting about your career. Um, at the end of the podcast, we'll tell people where they can find like your different businesses yeah. and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we want to get a bit more personal. Okay. Um. Yes. Yeah. So we wanted to talk a little bit about like the core of this podcast is going to talking about sort of like family relationships yeah. and obligations, sort of. Uh-huh. Um. And um, I wanted us to kind of start talking about your family, um, dynamics and you know how you grew up because <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, take it away. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. First of all, I'm daughter of a Balugu. That means many things in many ways. Um, so I am, okay, let me, let me try and put this in a way where it's funny and not funny at the same time. I'm an only child of my mom. Um, the second child of my father of six children and there are five mothers all together for these six children. Oh, so wow. sometimes I feel like a firstborn, yeah. an only child, a lastborn, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a second child, and then the only girl of, 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 oh, of wow. six of us. Okay. So it's a very interesting um, place to be. And then at the same time, so I'm technically from a polygamous family, yeah. but I also did not grow up with In my brothers. Yeah. So I kind of grew up as an only child. So it's like there's so many sides to, mm. to, to family and it's really interesting because sometimes um, my experiences kind of differ from like yeah. the norm. Yeah. And in many ways, it's also the same with many pe- for, for many people as well. Mm. So it's, um, but it's a heritage that I'm really, really proud of mm. at the end of the day. It's like an experience and it's my experience yeah. and I'm, I own it. And I'm like, I'm happy to talk about it because it's me. Hmm. I think it's also important to share like just different stories and the different ways in which yeah, people just so people family. can understand that like because a lot of times people don't understand that everybody um can like people have vastly different mm-hmm. you know up types of upbringing, family structures, and so when you see that people think in a different way or. I kind of have very like different perspectives of this. A lot of people wonder, oh, how? And I'm like, because everybody didn't grow up like this now. Mm-hmm, Everyone's mm-hmm. story is quite different. And a lot of people who maybe everybody you're around grew up the same way as you, whatever way that is, you might not be, you might not be either aware or open to like, there's a million types of family. There's a million structure. types, right? There's a million types of structures. And none is, is necessarily like the one that everybody has prized it just so happens that everybody yeah. has their every, yeah. and it shapes everybody in different ways so yeah, yeah. So. um so what was it like growing up like were you close to your dad from jump or did oh, you yeah. see him so, often i did grow up with my dad okay. and um, my parents separated when i was about 18 okay so i almost feel like very fortunate to have had a very you know normal family yeah. unit i grew up with both my parents and um, yeah, and I think being an only child of my mom and only girl of my dad, that just kind of put me in a very special position. Yeah. And um, I've always felt special and I've always felt like I could 
do anything I want. Yeah. And then I realized that like, in my much later life, how much I've really not lacked anything mm. because being an only child means that when you say you want something, you might not get it immediately, but, but like, yeah. like eventually you kind of still <laughs> get it. So, um, I think, um, sorry to all my ex-boyfriends who kind of like, I want this. and (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't get it at that time that I can't always get what I want, but. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love to see it. But, like I, I try to imagine her confusion. Like no, but I said I like, want. I don't grab. This is not how life works, bro. <laughs> but I said I want this. So what's the issue? Yeah, sorry guys. Hey, I know better now. <laughs> oh wow. So, um, so what's your relationship like, like with your brothers? Um, so I got to know most of them later on in life. Mm. And so I was already more mature. I'd already started having boyfriends on my own. So I kind of understood what relationships were. Mm. But it's always in my mind, none of us asked to be born. Yeah. And, and so mm. I have no, like, zero beef for any of my, yeah. my, my siblings. Like, we are, if anything at all. Um, you know, growing up as an only child, sometimes you kind of wish you had siblings. siblings. Yeah. And so realizing that you have... Um, I, I always knew about my older brother, to be fair, um, although we didn't grow up together. Mm-hmm. So he, my, my parent, my dad had him before he married yeah. my, my mom. Uh, we went to the same secondary school, but we didn't really, really grow up together. And then one oh, day really? I'm 18. Yeah. This is your older brother? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. And then one day I'm 18 and I realized I have four more brothers. Yeah. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. How did you find out? Oh, wow. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's not here to scold me anymore. <laughs> so, hey. <laughs> So, um, my dad actually told us, mm. I think he was just at some point, didn't want to keep a secret yeah. anymore and just said, Hey, this is what it is. And that was what it was. And anyway, it was like, wow. Okay. I'm not an only child. That sucks. I'm sorry. I'm not a last child. <laughs> Cause at that point I just, I was the last born. Like you don't go from just being last born to, but you don't have four younger brothers. But technically I never really had to take care of them or yeah. do what big sisters mm. do. So... I, our relationship is quite, we show up for family functions and yeah, we're good. We're brothers, sisters. Are you guys close or it's just like everybody's cool? Um, I think like with every normal family structure, you kind of probably still have favorite siblings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are ebbs and flows as yeah. well. So sometimes yeah. they're close, like closer, yeah, closer to, one, to one person. Yeah. You talk yeah. to one a little bit yeah. more. Mm. Yeah, so interestingly i've known my older brother like all my life but i think i'm much closer to olaliko one of my younger brothers mm. now in the end mm. talk my sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow um did your does your does your mom like so with the mothers in this case was there any like so my, my father is very strategic <laughs> very very strategic <laughs> So it almost really does sound like a polygamous family, but yeah, it, it, it's it not. Mm. Because he wasn't really with two women at the same time, right. if you put it that way. So there's like different different parts of his life that had like different women. So I feel he was well structured. Nobody has, I've not had fights or mm. somebody trying to... Mm claim something or be somebody and you know yeah so it's a very respectful situation and i think yeah. for me especially experiencing it as an adult um and everybody's is well off enough mm. not to fight yeah so there's and, no like yeah and it's I such think, an interesting dynamic like yeah. i i think a lot of what people are like 
what people see is like very very high dysfunction levels right? very high mm-hmm. dysfunction very high like animosity and everybody scrambling yeah and competition for, yeah no mm. now, to be honest so like uh, my dad passed last year and if you had come for the funeral you wouldn't know that we were from different mothers oh wow we we're just all family mm. and and that's what it is and in many ways i think that um being from lagos island it's something that's not very unusual yeah yeah um, uh, maybe people just don't talk about it that much because yeah. my mom also had my grandmother my father's mother had children from several men and it's just one big family and when you're in that family context it doesn't really matter how you're even related yeah it's, it's, it's the thing just one i big think family. it's very much a lagos island because my my grandma it mm-hmm. grew up in lagos island and her mom so my great-grandma had four husbands thank you and like it was i mean so that's that, my mom's grandma so imagine her just being like yeah yeah it's, like it's, yeah and i think it also shows in like the different ways in which they kind of give advice or yeah you know view relationships like i know a lot of much older women women in their 80s and in their 70s they are very confused yeah with this whole this ride or die women, idea you know you want to stay there forever even though it's not working for yeah you. they mm, just feel why? like mm-hmm. <laughs> surely you're about men from like they just they just they'll just be staring at you like i don't because by this time they've bounced <laughs> they've bounced they've, <laughs> yeah. daughters, however, they've bounced with their children they've moved to someone's house they've had another child there and they're about to bounce again <laughs> <because> <laughs> I try. Any, anything you see there yeah. You know, and, and it's not, and these are st- women that are, it's not as if, as if like society, they don't become pariahs or anything. They Everyone just keeps it moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I think, I think their daughters documented got, though. Yeah, their daughters should, got I think their daughters job. didn't get. Yeah, yeah, because they sent their kids to yeah. like lots of. Um, their daughters didn't grow up that way. What's it called? Lots of like Catholic and, you know, yeah. those type of, the free schools where a lot of them were tied to religion. So they send their kids off to these schools and then they, they kind of now had very much stricter ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the boys didn't, Sha. But the, uh, the boys definitely but the did girls not. Did, in my mind, Sha. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, a, it's an interesting way to look at it, actually. Like, so I was just speaking about it from personal experience. But yeah, I wonder what... Because I'm sure for some people, there are some experiences you don't want to repeat. So you decide that I just mm-hmm. want to have one yeah. family unit. And there are some just different experience some people just latch onto that and so i guess there are disadvantages and advantages and yeah and i think another thing is to be fair like between their generation and our generation the the growing the general wisdom was quite different Mm -hmm. i don't think that christianity was as prevalent no no no, especially not the like like because my great grandma went to church especially not the pentecostal version that like the you know anything outside version. of yeah. the the nuclear family structure that we inherited from the West is bad and kidding because then it was just like man hmm. whatever <laughs> the way now if one of my friends marries four people that she's <laughs> <as> in, <laughs> the way she's going to become Loki a will spectacle just, will just in society, as, as you know, like by the time as open as we are yeah you'll be like ah. You know, you like, know, they, even f- as a friend, after she gets to number three, you call her. You call her, like, um, sis, I hope, I hope that. <laughs> like, you know, like, is there anything you want to... It's collecting them, like, party party. Is, <laughs> is there anything you want to talk about? Like, because, you, you know, what, what socialize to be anxious about those things. So, 
by the time you're a friend, you just be like, okay, so is anything you want to talk about? Like, you know, do you feel like, do you, do you know, you don't even have to get married. She, you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to get married. Like, you know, I think it's so interesting the different ways in which. Because even for them, even when my mom talks about her grandma, she talks about her with like pride and kidding. So if me, I, I, I come up with two boyfriends now, I know that the tone will change. I said, well, this is my heritage, sis. You know, it, it's interesting. Um, we're doing something for my grandma mm. recently and I realized that in all the documents, you know, she had her maiden name. Mm. And I was like, well, Alaja never changed her maiden name. Never changed her name. They're like, yeah, yeah, she never did. And I was like, ah, so why is anybody looking right. at me like I'm... Like, <laughs> like I just said something. I'm like, this is not brand yeah. new. So, a friend like, of mine said that during NY, she, she comes from, you know, she her, her family is quite religious mm. um, and small. And so she really didn't, know a lot about the different ways other people lived um because you know just her family was just really really strict so even in terms of having friends she wasn't going to their houses and stuff so she said when she was doing nyc in ibado mm-hmm. over the course of a year she had this woman who would come to the hospital and she'd be like hey mrs let's say balogu she said no motikurombe i've left that place <laughs> and she just said right adelaja <laughs> And she say okay, and then the woman will come back again in six months, and she say, "I'm Isadella." I say, "Ah, we're in here. That man is a madman. He's very stupid. Write this one." <laughs> and she said that for the, you know, she for the, she was you know she was not looking around that. Isn't they said that you don't you don't know that people live very very different lives. Yeah. People have very different belief systems, and mm-hmm. some people are just socialized to only do what works for yeah. them. Yeah. The woman, as far as the woman is concerned, she's looking for the one that fits her. <laughs> you, know, do you understand? You are looking at it very differently. But I just found that really, really, really interesting. So I want us to kind of dive in, in your on your relationship with your dad. Yeah. And were you guys like close from the jump? Yeah. 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 As his only daughter, it's mm. very close to him. As um, okay. So what really happened? I was very, always close to my dad, and yeah, his daddy. Mm. Uh, as a teenager, I remember fighting with him a lot. So he used to keep a lot of late, late nights, and he used to. He had this. There was a house. There was a house um, keeper in the house. Mm-hmm. Quite all right, but first, when he came back at like twelve midnight or one a.m., he used to insist that I should come and serve him food, or that he wanted to eat pepper soup. At like, I was just like, what's wrong with this yeah. man? Like, we just leave my life alone. But I, now I just look at it and I was like, well, it was all love. Mm. It, it was. It didn't mean anything. Um, to to him at that point, he just wanted his daughter to, you know, at least care for him. So that was good. And then when he separated with my mom, um, I kind of carried some of the subconsciously mostly carried some of the anger. Mm. And my mom, on the, on the other hand, never like said anything bad about my dad. Yeah. She wasn't like, of course, I'm, I know it must have been a painful experience for her, but she did not transfer that to yeah. me. So this was all me. I was in university, I think about 200 level at the time. And I just carried all of that. Oh, I can't believe daddy did this. I can't mm. believe I have four younger brothers. And our relationship became a lot estranged. Mm. Okay. So I, I knew I didn't, pick up his calls for about two years mm. after really? their after their separation. But it wasn't from a place of hate. Uh, I just was nonchalant. When I think about it, I was young as well. I just kind of just felt like yeah, but I think he needed would, to be punished. Mm. I think it would also be like hurtful. I mean, I'm 28 years old and I can't lie to you. If I found out that my dad has kids that I don't know about, I'll be very distraught. Mostly yeah. because in my mind, I just always... 
because of not because I think he's a saint. It's just in my mind, like he's a straightforward guy. Yeah. So if anything, like I just feel like Kola will come home and say, You people can't beat me, let me tell you. <laughs> I get a lot of my personality from my father. Right. So I feel I just felt I just feel like he's a stand up guy that would just say, Let me tell you something. You can't beat me. <laughs> there, there are some boys in the car outside. <laughs> Treat yeah, them with yeah, your brothers. <laughs> you can't beat and you go upstairs. I just, I've just always felt he's that kind yeah. of dude that yeah. you know has a very my dad has a very has a very his, his attitude to life is the worst you can do to me is you kill me. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that, that's very bad. You know, death is not particularly fantastic. You know? but, so I just, I, I think I'll just, I think it would hurt in that. Yeah. Just, I'll just be like, man, you too. Like, yeah. At the very least, say you be straightforward with me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, different story. I didn't take my parents' separation that well either. I pushed for it. I campaigned for it, to be fair. But then after it happened, me, so I stopped, I stopped picking up the phone my, like five years. I can't oh, lie. your dad? Yeah. In fact, uh-huh. he didn't deny that. big me. But I just, yeah. I was just like, man. Okay, hopefully, you change your what? mind at the end of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, so these things change. <laughs> but I, I completely get it. And it's, it wasn't, again, it wasn't hate. It was just like, bro. Yeah. Do I have wow. to deal with this? Not really. So, and subconsciously, I just think you just carry it. It's not like you're thinking about yeah. it. It's not like it's in the phone. But like sometimes the phone would just ring up. Just like, this man, I beg. That's exactly it. It's just <laughs> okay. like, nothing, you know. nothing spoiler, but just free me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that that's what it was for those two years. And I think two years after, um, I kind of started picking up the calls again. It now became like a New Year birthday messaging yeah special events events. happy birthday daddy oh yeah 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 yeah, whatever (laughs) (laughs) and then you know new year's day comes and then you get a special message yeah apple of my eye my daughter this and i'm like are you sure you don't have others already like whatever (laughs) you know so um for the longest time the relationship never went back to how it was when i was growing up and then something changed in 2017 I met um, an older friend who was also has the same sort of relationship I had with my father. He had with his daughter, who's mm. a, a young girl. As about uh, she was or she at the time was about the age I was when my parents separated. Right, and I realized that I had met this girl's father. He was such a nice person, like um, someone I sought advice from, and she was missing out mm. on knowing her father and for reasons that did not really concern her. And it actually took him, because I would talk about my mom a lot in, at the time, and he'd be like, how is your father? And I'm like, uh, you know. And it's like, yeah. oh, when last did you call your father? I'm like, mm, like, New Year. And this is like maybe me. As I like, call your father and I'm like, uh, what I want to tell him? Just, just call him, he'll be happy. So um, just seeing, having somebody push me, and then seeing that he also was trying to reach out to his daughter mm. made me realize that I did actually have a father that we could have a relationship mm. with. And that made me kind of go back and call my dad. And some of the proudest moments in that time of going back to him would be like, he would, I would say, hey, daddy, I'm coming to see you today. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, um, I have um, some meetings for 12-1. Hold on, let me cancel my meetings come and see me. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to cancel your meetings. It's not like I'm coming for anything. I just wanted to come and see you. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, so I was that important to him. And that made mm. me really feel like, okay, this is someone that's been trying to reach out to me and I was just misbehaving. So that helped me reconnect with him. Mm. Helped me to get to know him more. 
Um, and then I think reconnecting with my dad at 2017 was, well, however many years, like 12, 13, yeah. 14 years of him kind of being absent in my life. Mm. And because I grew up with my father, I felt like there's nobody that grew up with their father that can tell me anything. I grew up with my yeah. father. Mm. But to be honest, there are years that I missed mm. that I can never, you know, get back. But those were years that I actually did miss. Mm. And But I was, I'm happy that I, at least you made that effort. Yeah. Made that effort. In 2017. So um, when did he get ill? He got ill April 2019. Mm-hmm. So just about two years after I you guys re- reconnected. reconnected. Yeah. And our reconnection was, you know, I'll go to his office and he'll cancel everything, literally. All I had to do was I was coming. He'll cancel everything. And we'll sit down and talk about his faith, talk about random things. Mm. And then, um, so at the time, he kind of knew who I was dating before I reconnected with him. And then when I went to so ask, so how is this guy? I was like, we broke up. I was like, I never liked him. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, you know, it was nice to... I was like, oh, but why didn't you tell me? It was like, no, but it's your life. You, you, yeah. You know, if you, and, if you, I, and, you know, a part of him probably just feel like... <laughs> like, maybe I should have... Yes, I know you And goes like, again. And just reconnecting and let me not be saying too much. So, it, it, was, it was nice to kind of have that moment. And then one day, April of 2019, I get a call from my older brother and says, oh, daddy collapsed in Abuja. I was like, What? And he's in the hospital and this. So I finally connected with him. I was going to fly out to Abuja mm. to go bring him back to Lagos. Uh, he said, no, he was okay. And his health just kind of deteriorated mm. from there. Mm. So apparently he did have um, bone marrow cancer. Oh, wow. And then that was something else. And I really do think back, what would have happened if I hadn't reconnected with him? At the time that before he did, Before I got that yeah. call, how would mm. I have felt? What, did, what, what would it have meant to me, I have no idea. I'm yeah. kind of happy that I, that I have don't no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy with the two full years of yeah. real bonding and before. friendship. Because I think yeah. there's a difference between having a father as like a kid and a teenager and building a relationship with any parent as an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very different. One is, one can be very obligation, you know, it's very one ended. I mean, you just yeah that kid yeah yeah that kid yeah really a dependent you and yeah kind of just taking marching orders yeah really. they're a child and you know if they're if they're on any you know scale of normalcy they love you or like you enough to want to make sure that you're okay a lot and they might find because they see themselves in you you know they may see you you just it must just be fantastic to look at a person and just see things of yourself yeah. in them so even if you're not that inclined if you're on any version of normalcy. You're just like, oh, okay, I kind of, I dig this person just because they came from me. But when you develop into your own person and you mm-hmm. have your own thoughts and you're not obligated to think or feel the way they want you to, building a relationship is very, very different, yeah. I yeah. think. Because yeah. you get to know them also as people, mm-hmm. which is very different. And then the dynamic changes because they they can well some people still have that but they're not necessarily just telling you what to do now mm-hmm. they're now also an adult so See, yeah sometimes they're they'll, facing they'll life with them you. like eye to eye you know like I mean it still blows sometimes my dad will come to, and just you know be like hey so I'm you know I'm thinking of doing something and then he'll go through what, what he, he wants, wants to, to do, do. Mm-hmm. and then I'll say okay so no 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 I, I was you know I was thinking maybe you know you have any ideas for me or you think it's a good idea and because I, I'll just be looking at him like mates <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. once or twice I'll say oh daddy I don't think that's a good idea 
me just thinking that I've sure said my own, and he'll come back and I say, ah, you know, you know, I decided not to go ahead with that thing based on your advice, and you know, I think I think that was the right choice. I'm just like, man, me, I hope so too. <laughs> Um, so I think that's a very interesting thing, you know, mm-hmm. going out of your way to build a friendship with yeah. your parents. Mm-hmm. It can be hard because, I don't know, some of our parents are just, you know, they have very set ideas of what a parent-child relationship should be. Yeah. Like, even mm-hmm. when you're a grown, grown, <laughs> grown, grown person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I'm. I think it's really nice that you um, went out of your way. To, oh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm yeah. Happy. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so when he was ill, like, what role did you play? <sighs> okay. Wait, do you have to be carer or? <laughs> um, having an ill parent in Nigeria is not easy. Mm. My heart goes out to anybody might, that might be experiencing that yeah. right now. And I'll just say stay strong. And anybody who has experienced it, I'm sure they know exactly what I'm talking about. So first of all, this whole thing kind of started like... It was supposed to be something like malaria, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you say somebody is sick, she's just supposed to be sick, and yeah, then and then they get you do better. what you have to do, and then they get yeah. better. So it 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 started from him collapsing in Abuja. Fortunately, he was on a business um, um, trip, and he had support there. So yeah. by the time he was coming to Lagos, he had done like a thousand and one tests. Yeah. Okay. So we had stuff to work with, and we went into the private system here. But quickly realized that um, for you to be able to have access to the best doctors, you kind of have to go back to the federal system. So mm. for the longest time, we were consulting. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of times. So when, when a I lot of times, they'll send, they'll, you go to a really good private hospital and you hear, oh, you go and see this consultant. Yeah, you in need this general general hospital. Hospital. In, yeah. So what was happening was that we were consulting so the consultants were coming into the private hospital and then you are paying per consult so it's really expensive and yeah (laughs) you're paying per consult um and you're trying to figure out these things and of course the i don't know what the stats are i used to have it when my dad was really ill but there's like what one doctor to over a thousand patients so when this doctor even has time to come to the private hospital yeah it's one thing. Yeah. So if you are going to see a consultant every day, it's technically not possible. It's not possible, yeah. Because they don't, they literally don't have that time. So um, we started off um, in the private hospital, but we were working with consultants yeah. from the public, you know, health system yeah. and eventually got a diagnosis. And when we did, it was kind of sad. <laughs> it was sad, not kind of. It was sad and unfortunate because at that point for me, Mentally, it was like, okay, cancer is a cancer. Yeah. Probably to die, cancer will kill you. is like very high. Um, I, I personally was not really even... I have my reservations about chemotherapy yeah. and things like that and how you should treat it. Mm. There are a thousand and one opinions about how people how think people you should treat it. it. Yeah. There's a two thousand more opinions of how the family mm. thinks you should treat it. So... Everything is like complex. There's yeah. different layers of how it should go. And at the end of the day, I'm the second child. So we're really not that old. We're yeah. young. Yeah. You know, my dad was 65 when he passed. So he was still a young man as well. So um, for me, understanding what we had to do, um, I would say I was kind of the most, um, I was a realist with the situation. Mm. I kind of said, okay, this is what is happening. 
what are we going to yeah. do? Yeah. I tried to put forward my resources, personal resources. Lockheed actually came in very handy from okay. getting to know my customers. Mm. So our first referral links to the public system was through one of my oh, customers. Wow. So everything just kind of lined up at yeah. the same time. But um, I would say my brothers were supportive in making sure that we were all there to take yeah. care of my dad. My mom personally, at this point, had kind of also reconciled with my dad. So I think they just um, been fed up of of um, of their separation because they never legally separated. Actually, so they they separated. Yeah, they just yeah, left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody <laughs> just, left, somebody so, just left the house. Yeah. So, as far as my mother was concerned, she, 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 she's not her husband. Yeah, <laughs> her husband did not go anywhere. It's just there. <laughs> so, um, but at that point, they were in good talking terms. But she was out of the country for most of his illness. So it was literally mm. me and my brothers mm. that were trying to take care of everything. And I'm still one of the most senior of us. So everything was really on our shoulders. It was difficult. It wasn't easy. One of the most difficult days that I think I experienced in my dad's illness, we had to go for a chemotherapy session in Luz. Mm. And we got there. It was the first one. It was the first one. So I was very stupid. (laughs) It was the first one. So I first find the clinic, the architecture of the building, uh, to question. (laughs) I first had to find the clinic. I eventually did. And when I found the clinic, I go there. I'm like, okay, please, can I I have a wheelchair? Mm. Because we have a patient that isn't really mobile. And the woman looks at me and says, ha, ha. 10 o'clock, you're coming to ask for a wheelchair. We have only one wheelchair in this, oh, in this, wow. in this oh department. God. And I'm like, what are we going to do? So she was like, well, get your patient upstairs. So I go back downstairs and explain to my dad that, like, you know, there's no wheelchair, yeah. you're going to have to manage. So there's me and the driver. So we manage, get to the elevator. The clinic is on the third floor. You know, finally, um, he has his chemo session. Yeah. We're done, and I'm like, okay, fine, you know, rest a little bit, and let's manage to get back to the car. The elevator is not working. Wow. And I'm like, okay. Um, I start to make phone calls, call who is who, you know, pull all the strings that you don't even know that yeah. you have. Before you knew it, I was speaking to, like, the head of maintenance and in, 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 the, in the facility, and they're trying to do genuinely everybody's trying to do what they can to be fair to the doctors and anybody working in the public system they are actually trying to do the best with what they've Mm -hmm. been given Mm -hmm. it's just that the whole system is dismissed yeah they haven't been given because they've been given is abysmal yeah Yeah. so you see people i I think there's a lot of empathy yeah in the system and people having to deal with sick people all the time even it's like too much you kind of I think it deadens something. something in you at the end of the day. So everybody's trying, but it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. So after a few hours, I come to terms with the fact that, you know what, this elevator is not going to happen. We need to get home yeah. somehow. So myself and Wally, dad's driver, and he was also awesome. We start to try and go down the stairs. So we do a few, uh, like maybe one one landing, uh, get to a landing, and then I have to rush into a clinic, try and look for a chair to get my dad to yeah. sit down and rest. And my dad is trying to sit down and somebody's screaming at you. I'm closing the clinic. I need my chair right now and everything. And I'm like, you know, trying to balance all, balance of, this, all of that. Yeah. And then I could actually see my father feeling so bad for tr- putting me through all of that. And of course, that's a list of my concern. But it was one of the most awkward, 
most trying days yeah. that I spent wow. in that hospital. Of course, he gets home and I immediately go and buy a wheelchair because you mm. know at that point yeah, that that's what you that's need. What you need. Wow. Mm. So, but even if you had the wheelchair, like you, you still the so elevator or not work? It, it's, you know, it's, it's, there, it's, there are just issues left, right, and center. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is if it's agriculture, but yeah. <laughs> but, I don't but know. it's not easy. And then mm. you meet people uh, on your own journey because you're going through this journey. My father is going through this journey himself. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I was talking about my only child privilege, getting what you yeah. want. And then um, fortunate enough to be living on the island put on my trainers and jog on the bridge every other morning before pre-COVID, salsa, dancer. So I'd already created this perfect world around myself that being exposed to that kind of made me realize that when we say the country is bad, it's bad. Like it's actually bad. Because you see somebody who's trying to get test results and saying that, oh, the doctor asked me to repeat it. I don't have 1,000 now to repeat this test. And you help a few people along your journey, but you realize you can't, can't help, help everybody. everybody because even you and it's not even need help. Yeah. No, even you need help. So, um, in the end, I know that everybody we worked with did their very best. Yeah. And given what we had, and um, even in terms of the diagnosis itself, the doctors, and because at that point you're desperate, you're sending test results to India, yeah. to the US, to mm. Dubai, to make sure that. Everything you know, is, should you yeah. be somewhere else? And we did know that we caught the cancer late. And the treatment we were getting was the treatment we would have gotten anywhere, anywhere. else in the world besides the convenience yeah. of it. Mm. So, but in the end... So it was good treatment but badly packaged. <laughs> the system the system is just broken. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, I keep almost feel like slapping myself for saying that they are trying. But at least while I was in the hospital last year, I didn't know that the elevator in the ward was they're trying to fix it. I know that, you know, you can see, you can see, you can little, see little things, little things here, here and there, there yeah. but it's like, uh. and then I also think because my dad was, um, what was senior citizen. I think that's what you call him. Mm-hmm. So the access to treatment in the public facility was actually very cheap. Yeah. So I'm like, it should even be this cheap A consultation is 800 naira. But like right now I'm ready to pay yeah. 800 K if this thing is working. Yeah. But then you also know that there are people that don't have those yeah, resources. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be like a restructure balance because it's just bad because the, at the end bad. of the day the private sector doesn't insulate you from everything no it doesn't and that's no, just it that's, that's it at the end of the day where no, it doesn't. it's like money will do so much mm-hmm. and then you, you have to jam the reality of the situation mm-hmm. at yeah. last last and that's what happens that's what you realize that it's not enough to just be wealth you also have to be in a functioning uh, system because your money will, will get you somewhere and then you still have to face the you know you still have to face what what everybody else is facing at the end of the day and you see it happen all the time but you see i think that um we can still kind of i know i'm being very optimistic right now i'm being very optimistic but um i think we all have a part to play whether Mm -hmm. we like it or not whether it's through agriculture or you know yeah we can't just sit back and blame somebody else for the issues we got, we, we're here. We're here. Like, we can start to blame and say, this is how it's meant to be. This is how it is in other places. But we're here, mm-hmm. and we kind of have to start to change our mindsets. Like, we have to deal with it. And if we want better, it's almost more than demanding for better, but it's also doing 
doing better. Um, I started doing my own hair myself because my hair was breaking. So my whoever was doing my hair at the time was not getting something yeah. right. And then all of a sudden, I went from trying to solve my problem to that's literally how I survive right now. Mm. Like my, my main gig is the hair business. Yeah. Mm. So And it was about doing something about it. So I'm I'm just trying to say, yes, it's broken. Yes, we can throw blame left, right, and center, but we are all in this mess together. And in our own little way, we need to try. Like, you should see some of my conversations with the doctors at the time. It was just funny because the doctor is telling you, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm also sorry. You have to work in this condition. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, you, you can't go to school for all those years that doctors spend in school. And, and, come out and you, you're sitting down in your office and there's no the power. You're literally like... Mm. sweating and your patient is sweating and they're apologizing oh i'm so sorry and i'm like i'm sorry for you as well Mm. you know it's it's sad but there's light at the end of the tunnel Mm. today i'm choosing optimism and yeah I mean, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? no, she's, a, she's a really optimistic you person. You are. Today, I like today, that. Today. <laughs> it's a good balance. Okay. Today. Um. So I wanted us to talk a little bit about, you know, just still on the subject of caring for your dad. Um. Mm-hmm. Did you did you live with him? So were you, was he in the hospital or were you taking him often? Or? Okay, so we're in and out of the hospital. Max out of the hospital for like a week. Mm. Mac- at maximum time out of mm-hmm. the hospital between April and October when he died. Um, Ola Lekon, my younger brother, I don't know how he did it. He slept with my father literally every night, wow. every private hospital. The only time he caught a break was when we went in the public system, mm-hmm. admissions that we had to do in the public system, and that was because a relative was not allowed to stay over. Yeah. But he has a full-time job, works in a bank, and he would literally sleep overnight and go to work in the morning and in the mornings I would go back to take over and then when any of my other brothers had some time, you know, and then you had, uh, in the late days, we had to get two nurses to help out on a shift within the public system because we couldn't, you couldn't just rely on nurses that also have a thousand and one patients. So we got our own nurses to try and help with the system, a mm. caregiver, and there was that support. Um, so, but we were in the hospital a lot. A lot. Mm. We're in the hospital a lot. Um, and it, it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. And, but in all of it, uh, my dad never lost his sense of humor. Mm. So my dad was always a teaser from the beginning. He was always able to tease. And um, we actually were able to connect a little bit more because I read books. I like to read books. And for the last couple of years, I've been reading a lot of Nigerian yeah. authors. So, or yeah, I'm more Nigerian and even African. So in the early days of his illness and the long hospital admissions, I was just throwing books at him. He also yeah. loved to read. So I was just, you know, so we would read these books and discuss the books. And um, one of the favorite ones that he read was... Um, Baba Segi's wives. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I kind of got him to read that so I could tease him about it. And then um, there was one particular incident where I thought he was sleeping and I was talking to my younger brother. So three three of us, of the six of us, were more active in his... In yeah. His, in his, his um, yeah. So I was like, hmm, having so many children is not a bad idea because at the end of the day, 50% of them is what will show up for you yeah. when you need them. And I didn't know my dad wasn't sleeping. So it goes like, ha, ha, ha. I can hear you. I was like, oh. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually. So 
but through through all of it he never lost his sense mm. of humor even when it got really difficult he always found a way to joke about it mm. and he was strong mm. i cannot imagine how much pain he was yeah. he was in and um through it all he always you know kind of was tough mm. yeah. yeah so mm. Oh wow! Okay. Um. So, what were you guys? Did you know that it was terminal really early on? Or I think I did. I think everybody else didn't want to come to terms with that. Mm. I think a lot of uh, fights were around that. So, for me, it was just um, trying to connect the dots because yeah. even in the even in the system, everybody's managing information. Yeah. Um. So tomorrow, the stage of my dad's cancer wasn't. Um, staged oh wow and i don't think it was because they couldn't stage it it was because if i think with the system i realized that the doctors kind of manage information because for some people if they tell you it's terminal then relatives might just abandon the situation yeah. so there's a oh, lot of wow. so th- there are reasons why things happen to, to be honest yeah. nothing is kind of coincidental so but um for me just being educated enough to and being participate being a participant in collecting test results and reading them and thank god for the system where you get stuff by email now and you can google stuff so you can Try, you try, try, yeah, yeah, you're trying to put yeah. two together. So for the kind of cancer I had and when we caught it and the symptoms they already had, it was kind of clear that it was it was late stage. Mm. So I made terms with that pretty early. But regardless of making terms with, with, with the real situation, you can't help but have some yeah, optimism. Like, you know, maybe if we do this, yeah, maybe if we do this, happen. maybe if we do that. But I was always kind of realistic mentally about it not all my oh, brothers wow. were so yeah, we said, had a lot of fights you said they caused fights i wanted to ask like what was it was it was it that you would you would imply or say something and they would get upset or cause uh, of action? no one wanted to be addressed so like the, the wheelchair day was an interesting day because i show up with the wheelchair at daddy's house and um i get it why did you buy a wheelchair mm. how do you really explain what i just been through yeah and I'm just like quiet. And it's like, oh, are you saying daddy's not going to walk again? And I was like, well, daddy can't walk right now. Yeah, so you have to. So, 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 you know, I can get, I completely understand where my brother was coming from and not wanting to come to terms with yeah. that. That was the reality. But I had also had this experience earlier in the day yeah. and I just kind of had to try and cope with it so those were the kind of things and then there was sometimes um there's another interesting conversation we had uh where it's like you know when is daddy gonna get better and i'm like because i i kind of helped out with getting the doctors yeah. on board so that kind of was almost my department yeah i was like well i don't know but we're going to keep doing, doing the best you can what we yeah. can do and even if daddy's going to die we just need to keep doing yeah. So those were the small, like, scrubbles here and there. Mm. But in the end, I think everybody just, uh, you you realize, because it's it was also interesting. So I do have a cousin who her father passed um, from an accident. Mm. And I imagine that that was very difficult. Yeah, because that was quite then sudden. After experiencing my dad being sick for about seven months, it's also very difficult. Yeah. So I realized that no one is good. Yeah. Uh, no one is loss is loss. You yeah. can't choose. You can't say you want. You prefer. No one is easy. Yeah, because mm, no watching, watching a loved one suffer is not it's terrible. Yeah. And yeah. you know, not getting to kind of 
losing someone suddenly is also terrible. So. Yeah, but my father being ill and then the fact that our family structure was unusual. Yeah. Also, I feel like the conversations we had in those six, seven months are conversations that I can hold on to, look back on, yeah. and more importantly, know what my father wanted. Mm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the hard conversations had to come where yeah. he's like, you know, if I die, I want this yeah you know and um so different things but like i said he was always humorous about it it was Mm -hmm. never a sad moment like my dad could be in the hospital room and looking up and just say "Mm -hmm, if i'm alive by october and we all laugh yeah and he's like no 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 if i'm alive by october this is what i want want. Mm. but it's not coming from a place of yeah uh, you know i remember my grandma drama queen you know, called the family meeting. I was like, okay, so I don't want you guys to bury me in Elisha. <laughs> and you know, my grand, my grandfather had built a house and he was very proud of the house he had built because he, he stopped schooling when he was 13. So he felt like he went on, he took accounting exams um, and everything okay. eventually, like my grandmother. Um, so like, she just felt like he could do more with his life. So before they got married, she begged him to promise her that he would take um, qualifications seriously he doesn't have to go to university but she just felt like he has a brain and can do some form of qualifications and so with that money he built a house in the in their in their town of origin and felt like you know they should be buried yeah there, there. and you know my grandmother was just like there's no need just take the carcass and drop it somewhere you know <laughs> that i can be visited and even the visiting is not necessary. Just put it somewhere so that you can say that you did not throw me in the river. <laughs> and I remember I was much younger at the time. And I was just like, ah, what's this? You know, and then my gra- my grandfather was not with it at all. After a whole day of begging and, you know, she talking and talking and talking and talking. My grandfather and I said, good, darling boy, we'll be together. <laughs> because she had made up her mind. And I just remember feeling like she was so... Um, she wasn't a Debbie Downer about it. One yeah. day, my mom went to see her, and her and my mom were very close. This is my paternal grandmother, and my mother looked. She was very upset. She had worked herself up, no makeup, no nothing. She was crying, and she walked into the room, and my grandmother said, "Oh no, <laughs> Kenny, you can't see me like this. Get out of this place." Raw powder, put something <laughs> on your <laughs> My mom was just looking. She was like, you're not wearing earrings. What's going on? I'm not gone. You know, and, you know, she just felt like, at the very least, like, I can't Like, try your best. You know, she used to wear lots of rings. She couldn't wear her rings anymore. So she felt like, because she had Me lost too. weight. So she said, no, you guys need to look good. You know, look good when you're coming to see me. So I yeah. think people who do that are, because you know, everyone is struggling already. Yeah. With an impending loss. You're yeah. struggling. Yeah. And, but if the person is trying if the person is um if the person is looking is finding joy in some way you feel obligated to at the very you least try to, yeah. to, to try a bit more yeah mm. i wanted to ask you about your dad's final wishes so we had a quick conversation about mm-hmm. your dad's beliefs and like what his funeral entailed so i wanted you to kind of talk about yeah. that okay so um <laughs> he was born into a muslim family mm-hmm. um and um, but by the time I actually reconnected with him yeah. a couple of years before he passed, um, I'd always known anyway, we've been very strong Lagos Island people. And by this time, he was already an open Ogun worshipper. Mm. So he called himself a traditionalist. Mm. He kind of told me in our conversations pre his illness about, you know, the tradition, what it meant. And he was always kind of very careful about talking to me in the beginning because um, my mom has always been Christian. Mm. So even 
with his Muslim background, they were already in a, it was already a, in a religious relationship for both of them. So he would say things like, hmm, even if you don't want to get married, it's okay. You can just have a child and drop the child with me. But I know that your mother's religion. <laughs> so but if you want to do that that's like completely okay with me so those are the kind of things but when i was when he realized i was more open-minded mm. he started to become more open yeah. about his his um faith and his beliefs and i think so i don't still know much apart from what he's told me mm-hmm. but one of the interesting things about what he said that made me feel like you know at the end of the day religion is kind of here and there. He said, for you to become an Ogun worshipper, the first thing you have to do is confess your sins. Mm. And that when you confess your sins, then you forgive yourself mm. for your sins. And after you have forgiven yourself for your sins, that way you can live freely. Right. So he, he was also speaking to, like, almost also apologizing for the kind of relationship yeah. we had post mm. finding out about my younger brothers and all of that and saying that look I now live freely because yeah. I'm able to tell this is who I am mm. and I've accepted who I am mm. and then that way I can be genuine with myself and I was like well this is not so different from Christianity or, or Islam it's mm. just that in this case you're the one forgiving yourself <laughs> <laughs> so um, he was openly Ogun um masquerades and stuff like that at his funeral. So he wished and said he wanted to be buried by Ogun mm. rights okay. when he died. And what's he that? I mean, what does that People know what the Christian and the Muslim one. Yeah, what does know. this involve? It's actually quite affordable. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Everything would have been so cheap if we just didn't want to do like a big uh, funeral yeah. ceremony so at do, the end. Do you, have a, do you have an idea of how roughly how much it would have cost if you had just done the Ogun ceremony? The Ogun thing cost us less than like 120k altogether. Wow. Okay, so just walk us through that. Um, okay, so when he passed, we informed the Ogun guys that my um, father had passed and then they called for a meeting. So there are rites that happen on the third day, seventh day and fourteenth day. Okay. I think. Uh he has been married buried on the third day after he died, according okay. to Ogun rites, which was kind of a family disaster at some point because yeah. his family was inherently Muslim. Mm. So some of the family wanted him to be buried the same day. Yeah. And then we had to go like, this is uh, what like said. he said. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care about any of it, but that's what he said, and that's what we're going to do. So we did bury him on the third day. Um, so the little I know about it, there was a lot of... We did carry his corpse around Lagos Island, which really made me realize how much of an island I am in terms of yeah. from Lagos Island. So like my, this is my culture in, in a sense of realizing that actually the streets of Lagos Island will part when the yeah. indigenous are doing something. Wow. So that was amazing to see because uh, like when I go next, when next I go to Lagos Island, I'm going to go like with my shoulders up. Yeah. Like, like I own this, this town. Mm. <laughs> so I feel like that made me, that whole experience made me realize that. Um, yeah. So the guys asked for a few things very easy. So they came and first of all, to uh, make sure that we were, on board with mm-hmm. burying him with Ogun rights. They said we could do anything we wanted to do. If you wanted to take him to church, if you wanted yeah. to take him to the mosque, do anything you want to do. Just make sure you bring him to Lagos Island by 2 p.m. So that was their requ- request. And then they asked if he had any daughter, which proudly the only one. <laughs> so they said I had to lead the procession. 
and then he started to get a little bit dicey, like you had to do the procession. I was like, yeah, okay. They're like, okay, you have to um, pluck feathers off uh, white Right, chicken. so this is actually... Is this alive? <laughs> is, this is this chicken alive or dead? Alive. So, I don't... This, this is actually where I started this conversation. I thought, you have to do what? With it, what? And so they were like, do you, what is the significance of that? Okay, I'll tell you. Because mm. I asked. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, and if there are any Ogun worshippers out there and I get it wrong, please just let Jolad FK over. <laughs> <laughs> but they told me, so they told me that, first of all, the chicken is the animal that be- they believe um, is audible to both human and the spirit form. Interesting. And that in plucking the feathers off the chicken, the chicken cries, so it announces the coming of into the spirit world. Mm -hmm. Then the feathers, because like every part that the body goes through once we start the procession, I have to have put the feathers there. Mm -hmm. So the feathers kind of guide the body to the other world. Mm -hmm. So that's the procession. And then the plucking itself is because when you pluck it, it cries. So it's kind of like a town crier kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So that was that's wow. How was that for you plucking the chicken? Um, I have to. I have to be. I have to sound very emotional about this now. <laughs> no, please tell us. No, please. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. Um. So, in my mind, I'd already made up my mind I was going to do anything yeah. because it was what my father yeah. wanted. So mm-hmm. I didn't have any problem with it. Um. It was kind of hard. I know at some point my brother Lalika was standing beside me and he was like, "You've not plucked the arms of the." The, the chicken, I was like, yes, because the chicken is crying. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken is crying. So, but the idea is that you had to, I had to actually pluck the whole thing before we got wow. to the burial ground. Um, yeah. And then the rest of it, we kind of were not really involved. Yeah. We were just asked to like wear white, dress my father a certain way in white. And literally come to where you're supposed to be. You stand in front and then... Once the procession starts, um, don't look back was the right. instruction I was given. So it was very like, uh, you know, it was very Nollywoodish. Oh, into <laughs> no, so, so it was like, very Nollywoodish. Was, were you, did you, what did your mother have to say? Oh, my mother was pleading the blood of Jesus in the car <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I was like, block what? So I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her before. Mm, I didn't tell her what I was going to do. No, she just saw it happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you joking? I wasn't going to even try and because I'd already made up my mind I was going to do it. it So I had because she was in one of the cars that were following the procession, and later people in the car were like, "Ha, your mother prayed kabash and (laughs) spoke the entire time and all of Mm. that." But for me, it was, um, you know, we're Africans. Yeah, it's part of our culture. It's nothing to be afraid of. And um, I don't know as much as I probably want to and don't care to know more. But mm. at the end of the day, I just feel like it's part of our culture. And I'm kind of happy that it even still exists in our time. Yeah. Because if I don't get to know more, how do I even get my children to possibly know what it used to really be like? Yeah. So it was it was interesting to see that the culture was still Did it make any of you and your siblings kind of more interested in that religion? Um, I think my dad made one of my siblings more interested mm. even while he was alive. But I don't think... So it's... I would say the benefits, in my in my opinion, of being from a multi-religious yeah. and f- with free-thinking parents makes you open 
to other things, yeah. other things, and a lot of things, and makes you more understanding and accepting of um, other people as yeah. well. Yeah. So I grew up going to Salah every year because my father's family is Muslim, and doing Christmas every year. So if you tell me that one is better than the other, I'm like, nah, one Same. just means nice. For like four, nice five <laughs> years, we had like lessons with the imam on Friday at Sunday school on Sunday. And it was just the funniest. I remember I enjoyed it so much because it was so funny. We would just, and sometimes like if friends came to stay with us, we would carry them. If we are there on Friday, we all move. If we are there on Sunday, we all, it was just so funny. Like I honestly found it hilarious and I thought, I was like, this is the best thing. We yeah. tell people, I was like, this is the best. I can't remember what we used to call it. There was a name that I had for it. I was just like, nope, I'm in the middle. I'm yeah. doing both. I don't, yeah. I'm not choosing. So mm. it's, 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 it's kind of interesting. And yeah. it's, it was very cultural. It was very colorful. It was, I think, one of the other things I remember from the funeral. Oh, please, anybody can correct me. But what I remember from it was that they are apparently about 13 or 14 masquerade houses in Lagos Island. Okay. In our procession, it just seemed like a walk for the most part. We were actually taking the body past all the masquerade houses. Oh, wow. And when you go past the masquerade house, the masquerade from that house like rises and joins the procession. So oh. the, and all of that stuff, I didn't even know what was going to happen. Mm. Yeah, so, so they were just coming so in. Like, so they were just coming and all of that. I was also entitled to... Any chicken that was running on the road was mine. So we part of the procession went through Sura markets. So when we were going through there, one of the Ogun guys came to meet me. I was like, do you want another chicken? Like, we can just get any other chicken. And so like, the only thing is you have to finish broken it before we get to the... <laughs> I was like, no, I'm fine with, <laughs> with traumatizing one chicken only mm. today. So it was... Um, I found it kind of cool. Mm. I was happy to be part of it. And it was interesting to... I kind of knew my dad was into Ogun worship, but that whole experience yeah. just made it a bit real. It made me ponder a bit more, and yeah, it was it's good. Mm. I think that it's really like honorable that you chose to honor your dad. Yeah, you. because a lot of people, will, especially in that way, yeah, some people will say, "Oh, it's not a big deal," but depending on how you are raised, it can be a very, very, very yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad that. You were able to reconcile with your dad. I'm glad and, <laughs> and that um, you were able to have, spend like some of his final moments with him yeah. and do what he wanted you to do. I'm thoroughly fascinated by the fact <laughs> that you and your siblings have this really interesting dynamic that's respectful. Even yeah. Though, yeah. It's what people are. I, honestly, you can't tell me that. Oh, I have four brothers from four other mothers. That and, just found out about that. And we're cool. Is cool. It's cool. Man. Like, like, eh? It's just not what we're used to hearing. Um, and I just feel like you have, like, she talks in a very gentle voice, but there's just, like, a yeah, lot going on. Like you have, like, a lot of perspective that I'm like, now what? If it was me, bruh, absolutely not. By the time my dad just says the thing, like, so about this Ogun thing, I'll say, bro, you have brothers. You want me to be plucking a what? Yeah. He didn't tell me that part. Yeah. But, but apparently... I think he knew you. The, the Ogun guys, I think, when that is a thing, they usually have struggle with... Yeah, um, the family or yeah. what to do. So like they came prepared. And uh, when they were like, "Oh, so you're going to pluck a chicken?" I was like, "Okay, I got it." I was like, "Okay." They're like, "Ah, what's it, Tony?" Yeah. <laughs> sure they have all their, their fights ready because they face this many yeah. times. So they're like, ah, that, "That's all." I was like, "That's all, really?" They're like, "Yeah." That's so like, fascinating, okay. honestly. So, before we go, I just want to ask you a quick question: Did you guys ever consider 
alternative medicine? Was mm. there outside of like you know chemo? And, yeah. Did you ever consider? Because it's not something I've heard a lot of in Nigeria, but is it, is it something you considered? No, not really. So I know that there was some Agbo thing. And so at the end of the day, I realized because I was the hospital girl. Yeah. So they were hiding some of the Agbo stuff from me until I got to know. But there was no, there was no like maybe we are going to this alternative right, place to try. To do. Yeah. So it was more like you know the whole Nigerian system blend ginger and garlic and this and this and that's yeah. good for this. Yeah. You know they said that this one killed this person's cancer cells. So every everybody is genuinely honestly trying to help. Yeah. But there was no no we didn't go to any alternative medicine. Yeah, place to try and to do, try a and do something. Fair enough. But there were all these um, juices and portions that people were recommending yeah. from, from different places. All right, Ade, we've taken a lot of your time. Oh, it's been fun. So <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and talking It's been about... a lot of fun yeah. and in hopefully a new perspective for everybody. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, Babaji, this one will you've heard about Luth. Do you get Do something. Um, see how arrogant I am as if I know that he's, he's listening to the podcast and yes Jola said let me tell you they're going to tell him uh, Jola said Hechi listen to what we're saying okay but yes um, so before you go like do you want to kind of share where people can find your businesses yeah. or what they can google if you want them to reach you or not <laughs> okay so uh, my main gig Lockitude um, we are on social media, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. um, L-O-C-I-T-U-D-E, Locketude. And um, yes, all your dada cares, worries, and all of that. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, um, Instagram, we're most active. And then we're located in Dolphin Estates in mm. Koei. The solar business, we're just starting up, really. We're running our pilot right now. Like I said earlier, the kiosks are in Ikorodru. Right. Round up at Sikorodu roundabouts just at the FO filling station there and another FO filling station in Asaba. Um over there we're really not online that much yet mm-hmm. because our customers are very targeted, but you can still find us on social media, iCabin.energy. Um what else? Okay, mm-hmm. architects, yeah. <laughs> I can still draw. I can still draw. Once an architect, always an architect. If you want to build a house, you can still call me. I'm going to be bringing all this perspective into it. Right. You know? So, yeah. And then nice. I'm also Adi Balogun personally on Instagram. Right. I never post still. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. This has been enlightening. Honestly. Do you know, now I'm so, I really want to see like a procession with the masquerades coming in. I kept thinking about that. And I think the thing for me is that, so I followed, I followed someone and I didn't even realize, I I followed her because she tweets all these like, um, like quotables. Uh, Some of them are quite nice. Sometimes I'm like, I like to mix the madness of my timeline with people who are saying, you know, you know, love yourself, all this, love that. And then I didn't realize she was, like, becoming a priestess, like a Shango priest, mm. but she's in America or something. And I just deeply fascinated. Because, I mean, she was just tweeting normally, and then some astrology I thought, fair, as part of the course, you know, mm-hmm. with people that are always tweeting all these things. <laughs> I just thought she's studying Shango. And honestly, I find it so fascinating. And I'm, And one of the things she was saying, which is interesting, is that it's funny that the people who kind of, I guess, look down on or question, like, what she's doing are all Africans, Africans. Nigerians. They're the ones because they're, like, because somehow 
it has been made out so that our cultural and traditional religions are demonic Mm -hmm. and then the other you know muslim christian are the the higher religions and when you look at things like that you're like i mean i have my own beliefs everybody has their own beliefs but can we say you know i'm like we can't say oh, i don't know because i'm like when you look at some of the at least from what i've seen not that I've, i haven't looked into that deep people a lot of the core principles of what these guys are doing i'm like this makes perfect sense to me mm-hmm. now do you get mm-hmm. is we share we're sharing a lot of yeah. core principles it's just that maybe the rituals are different but i'm like last last i put an anointing oil on your head is also ritual <laughs> so it's not you're not killing any goats but i'm like you know holy water these things are so it's a very interesting perspective anyway yeah. um, on traditional religions. Um, I find it deeply fascinating. Like a lot of how our culture has kind of not lost its way, but yeah, it's kind of taking a backseat to, to what we've imported. I think we just need to understand it. Yeah. Just need yeah. to understand it. You don't have to believe it. Like, yeah. You can question something about every religion yeah. out there. But and so, I find that a lot of the, the reasons, like the symbolism of this stuff, I'm like, that's not that wild and like out there. Like it's actually, you know, these are not stupid people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the end. As I, usual, I remain bounceable. FK remains well. I'm going to see y'all later. <laughs> That's all I can say. Okay? Uh, don't forget to send us emails at iswispodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all social media. Like and subscribe. Wherever yeah, share the, the thing and share and it. subscribe. See you next week. Bye.